yesterday, but as it would turn out, I was not able to do so. I had to stay late at work. So we did the podcast today, and I'm so glad that we waited till today so we could open up the show talking about some guy I've never heard of before, but is very much in the news as it currently stands. His name is Hunter Gaddis. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to talk about a guy who I never want to see ever again. My God. I've never seen a live home run derby uh, in the middle of a game before. He started <laughs> earlier in the year against Houston. He lost, but he wasn't this bad. I think he – yeah, he set the franchise record. He gave up five home runs in one start, so that's pretty good. Uh, this doesn't – this didn't feel like the game we should have threw away, uh, especially considering we had a chance. If we were to beat Chicago today, we would have been five up in the division. Instead, we're going to be three up in the division, and obviously, uh, not obviously, but our next eight games are five against the Twins and three against the White Sox. So, as long as we tread water, I think we'll be fine. But, and what's also very annoying is it's becoming very clear that we have to win the division to get into the playoffs, which is very annoying. Well, Elvis Andrews seems to be pretty confident that you guys are going to slip up. Yeah, what the fuck was I don't even see what he said, but what the hell was that all about? Uh, I don't know, but he essentially said, like, you know, we got to strike. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. He didn't say this word for word, but, like, strike while the iron's hot, something along those lines. And if we do right. that, uh, the, the, the Guardians will crumble. But that was his quote, right. was the Guardians will crumble if they do that. Right. The White Sox are hot, but so are the Guardians. So, I don't know. But, um. Before we talk about uh, the national embarrassment that our Notre Dame fighting Irish are, um, yeah, our. I'm, cu- <laughs> I'm currently playing a nice little NCAA 12 right now. I'm in my dynasty. Ooh. I'm in my Mark dynasty. Mark Ingram on the so, cover. Yeah. So my dynasty started off like this. I was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee. Everyone who was good left. So I'm like, fuck this, because Baylor offered me their offensive coordinator job. I'm like, oh, I can go play with Robert Griffin III. Did that. Won the Fiesta Bowl. The next year, I think we won the Sugar Bowl. And then I left to become the head coach at Minnesota. Uh, Four years in, I have two undefeated national championship seasons, two Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. And this past season, my last year, we just just lost the Rose Bowl. So now I'm on the hunt for a primetime job. So we're going to see what kind of jobs I'm going to get offered here. Well, Minnesota should be your primetime job, considering that you already won two national championships, so you shouldn't have to go anywhere. Yeah, but I'm going to. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Go Uh-oh. rebuild Notre Dame. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. I hear you. Yeah, I was getting a phone call from whoever the fuck. How wouldn't you know it? The first job I got offered is the Ohio State University. Wow, well you can't go in conference. That would be apparently they, for me. Apparently the previous coach or the AI generated version of Jim Trestle fucking stinks because they went one in eleven last year. Yeah, well, they must have booted him out for the AI Luke Fickle. 
Mm. Oh no, they're booting it out for the AIV because I'm going. I'm I'm coming home. Yeah, uh, I'm coming home. There we uh, go. Uh, Fuck Minnesota. I made you. Okay. Um, Notre Dame. No, uh, yeah. I didn't watch much of the game. I kind of paid attention just because I saw Notre Dame was struggling at first. I'm like, oh, they're down what nine nothing. They'll come back. Oh, uh, they didn't. Uh, they did, and then they gave it up, and then it got even worse. There we go. And you um, lost your. Well, is it a bad thing that you lost Buckner for the year? No. Um, he had a pick six in that game that started the avalanche. So here we go with Drew Pine. Drew Pine came in and was the quarterback in the Wisconsin game, uh, who kickstarted the offense that had, hadn't done anything in three quarters. So that was, uh, that was good. He came in too late in my opinion, in the Cincinnati game, I would have liked to have seen him much, much earlier. Um, and then maybe we would have had a shot. Although I contend that we would have had a shot with him in anyway, but we had one absolutely unacceptable dropped pass that would have gone for like 30 yards and given us a first down, and maybe that could have sparked something. But uh, Drew Pine, he's uh, – I, I think he'll be good. Um, but, man, we, uh, we got to get – more creative with our play calling because just throwing the ball to Michael Mayer every time we aren't running isn't working. Uh, no. So I really questioned Tyler Buckner's throwing ability. Um, he's a run guy. He's a runner. Well, he was a runner last year, and now he just sits in the pocket until he gets sacked. Um, so it's the complete opposite problem that we had last year where he just, if his first guy wasn't open immediately, he just tucked it and started running all the time. But the only, only possible path to the playoffs, obviously, uh, begins with an undefeated rest of the season to finish off ten and two, which would include wins over USC and Clemson, which would that. probably require that both of those teams already be playoff teams, or one of them finish just barely on the outside looking in. Um, we could play the we have a new quarterback method or or uh, that sort of narrative if it somehow works out that way so uh, a lot has to go well for Notre Dame to even have a a respectable season let alone a playoff season which that's I'm not even I know that I just laid out the scenario but it, that, I'm not even that bought into it I just want to start winning some games I uh I'm now I'm I'm doing exactly what I did last year. Now my focus is on Ohio State next year because mm. I think that we have a good shot to get them. I initially was confident because we would have our quarterback returning for year two, but I guess it'll just be year one all over again for Tyler Buckner unless Drew Pine carries the job in the next year as well. So who knows about that? But um, I, I'm ready to take on Ohio State at home. I'm ready for C.J. Stroud to be in the NFL, and I am ready for, I hope to God, we face off against Kyle McCord because Buckeye fans aren't even convinced that he's the guy. Oh, oh, buddy. We got Devin Brown on the roster. He's the number one recruit. And then there's Dylan Raiola, who won't be here next year, but he's the number one recruit in the country. So quarterback position set at Ohio State. We'll Ball see what happens with Devin Brown. Sense that we have the talent to just reload. 
we'll see what happens with Devin Brown, but I um, maybe Kyle McCord can transfer to Notre Dame. God no, uh, we might be playing with Cade McNamara at starting quarterback next year. Does he even have eligibility after this year? Yeah, I think he's got technically like two more years or something like that. I, I if you factor in a COVID year. Yeah, that's the worst part about this COVID thing. I don't know who the hell is eligible anymore. Uh, is does the Eric King have any more availability? No. <laughs> better Kate McNamara is a senior. He's a, yeah, so I guess he could grad transfer next year to Notre Dame. Uh, I I don't want him. He committed I mean, to Notre Dame and then committed to Michigan, so he quit. If I, was, if I were Notre Dame, I'd rather have him over what I got now. I, I need to see Drew Pine the rest of the season. Notre Dame fans wanted him badly last year uh, because we were really impressed with what we saw in the brief moments, although against Marshall, he came in immediately threw an interception um, where he basically eyed down a receiver and then one a linebacker came off of his guy and – basically undercut the route because he could easily see where Pine was going to go with the ball. So now look, that was, he had two drives to work with in a game that at the time we needed back-to-back scores to win the game because we were down by like 10 or something like that. So pressure situation, I know it's against Marshall, but still a pressure situation. So I'm not going to completely, I guess, rule out any sort of success from Drew Pine. I will use the Cal game as my opportunity to properly evaluate him, even though I don't think Cal's very good. so No, they're not. I, I don't think that's a great opportunity to evaluate him, but it's what we got to work with this week. So we'll see what we got this week, and we'll, I guess, work from there. But if our offensive line can start blocking people, because that's the one of the biggest things I've learned about Notre Dame so far this season, is their offensive line isn't nearly as good as I thought they were. And a lot of people thought they were, because a lot of people thought that they were going to be awesome, because they have a lot of experience uh, in, in the interior, and then on the outside, they had two tackles who were both starters as true freshmen last year, so they're, I guess, supposed to be phenoms, but our offensive line's been terrible to start the year, and that's a big reason we were losing. Yeah, it, yeah, this is this is a development year for Notre Dame. It's quickly become. Uh, they do have Cal this week, so and Cal is really, really bad. It's surprising to see Notre Dame is an 11.5-point favorite after the start to their season and losing their starting quarterback. But next week should be a W. Um, and you know what? I, I don't put this loss. I don't think this is a bad loss because the Sun Belt was just having a moment on Saturday. Yeah, my goodness. They were, uh, they were having their day. They, yep, had, app, app they, got a, they got a Big Ten coach fired. Yes, they did. Well, and Scott Frost got himself fired. That was inevitable. Yeah, well, well, it was inevitable that it was going to happen. It was not inevitable that it was going to happen in September. Right. Because the whole talk was his buyout decreases yep. by half, I think, October 1st. And I think we quickly forget how much uh, college athletic programs just don't see money as a thing. They just know they <laughs> have it. They're like, yeah, whatever. Or maybe they worked out something behind the scenes. We're like, hey, we'll fire you now. We'll give you X amount. But. Yeah, you can't lose to Georgia Southern at home. That's that's really bad. Um, but App State over Texas A&M. 
now App State's going to be on College Game Day next week. That's cool. But um, I, I'm very confused about App State. Or not App State, Texas A&M. I don't think they're all that great. But Vegas has them as a six-and-a-half point. Oh, they're up to six-and-a-half now. Six-and-a-half point favorite against Miami. And I know I, Miami uh, didn't look that great yeah. last week, but. I'm taking Miami in this one, dude. Haynes King has looked bad two games in a row. The the answer last year was Zach Calzada, who went and then lost the Auburn quarterback competition. Yeah. Uh, how do you possibly do that? Uh, <laughs> I guess he was really bad. Uh, it must have been, um, but apparently good enough to beat Nick Saban and be the first quarterback yeah. under one of Nick Saban's assistants to beat Nick Saban. Uh, okay, uh, whatever. But I don't know what the deal is with A&M, but I'm out on them the same way I'm out on Notre Dame. Uh so I, I think both deserve to be unranked, completely fair. Uh, mm-hmm. They should be Texas A&M should be replaced either with a uh, honestly a Marshall possibly. Kansas. Uh, yeah, Kansas is up there. We'll do. Uh, uh, oh shoot, who were the other teams that were? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I want Penn State versus Auburn to be uh, ranked versus ranked. So I'm going to say I want Auburn to take their place. Problem with that is Auburn is really bad. That's what I hear. They are. They're not good. I I think they're a three and a half point home dog against Penn yeah. State this week. That's bad. And on FanDuel, I can get Penn State minus three and a half plus one hundred. I wish I was. I wish I was on FanDuel right now, but I'm not. I wonder what they're on on Bovada. Let's see. But yeah, that just seems. There's a lot of three and a half out on the board this week that I really like. I really like Michigan State plus three and a half at Washington. I love BYU plus three and a half at Oregon. Um, thought there was one more, but I guess not. Um, let's see what other games we got. It's not a great week like last week. It's not a great week, but it has the potential because there's a lot of interesting games, especially later at night. But Fresno at U- Fresno State at UC- USC. I think we need to start recognizing USC might be one of the best teams in the country. I was the one who put them in the playoffs to start the season. I said they're going undefeated, and then they're probably going to get smoked the second they step into the playoffs. But I, I had them going as undefeated. Um, I I still do, and I feel even better now that Utah and we can – that train will be going for as long as it can go uh, throughout the year. Every, now, Kentucky's going to lose to somebody, and then we're going to be saying, oh, look, Kentucky lost to Mississippi State. Oh, Mississippi State lost to LSU as a two-point favorite, blah, 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 whatever. Right. I mean, USC's offense, I'm surprised they look as good as they did. They, I mean, their defense is not all that great. Stanford, they're, they covered against Stanford. It was nine and a half. I had USC. But I think Stanford turned the ball over like three different times inside the five-yard line. So USC needs to figure something out on defense. But Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison are unbelievable together, and that offense is unbelievable. The offensive line looks so much better than what I thought it would be. I mean, they are they're scoring 53.5 points per game. 
they're picking up 8.3 yards per play. Um, and they're, they are just crushing teams on offense. Yeah, I like them. Um, now, granted, it's Rice and Stanford, so how, how excited can we get? Right. I'm going to – well, I guess oh, we can babe. get decently excited because a lot of their schedule is going to be like that. It's going to be a lot of bad teams, although – um, well, I don't know if Washington's on the schedule because USC's in the South and Washington's up there. They're, so they're not in this. I don't know if they're on the same schedule with one another, but we'll see what Washington does with Michigan State. That is our AP versus odds makers rivalry of the week. Uh, Michigan State number 11 traveling on the road as a three and a half point dog, as DJ mentioned earlier. So maybe we can actually, maybe, maybe we can afford to overreact to USC because a lot of their schedule is going to be this bad. I mean, I'm looking at it now. It's not it's not an awful <coughs> schedule. Fresno State's not an easy team uh, this week. And they go to Oregon State, an Oregon State team I like a lot. Um, Arizona State sucks. Washington State just beat Wisconsin. At Utah is going to be really tough. At Arizona should be easy. Versus Cal. Cal is the worst team in college football, maybe. Colorado maybe. They're 2-0. The and team. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a... That's a different 2-0 than USC's 2-0 right now. Um, <laughs> Colorado might be the other worst team in the country. UC- at UCLA, which is practically a home game, is that's going to be tough. And then they finish the year at versus Notre Dame, which apparently is going to be easy. Evidently. And then the Pac-12. Is the Pac-12 north versus south, or is it just the best two teams? No, it's north and south. Okay, so the who would be north? Who would win the north? Utah's south, Colorado's north, just so you know. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Wait, no, Colorado's south, too. Let's pack 12 south. Okay. I typed in south, but it didn't look up south. That's great. I think Stanford and Cal are – this is actually a good test. Okay. I think the six – I think it's Washington, Washington State, Oregon, and Oregon State, and then I think it's Stanford and Cal – in the north, and then USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State. I think both Utah and Colorado are in the south. I'm trying to look this up here. Which there's no way those schools are further south than the Bay Area. Right. The Pac-12 website only doesn't show division. Did they get rid of the division? No way. They may have. ESPN college football standings. Pac-12 website is just showing all the teams. It's just Pac-12 standings. All right, I got you. Here we go. The, if it's, let's see what we got. Well, they may have gotten rid of it. What do you know? Shit. All right, no more North and South. Shit, it could be USC versus Utah. I guess or Oregon, so. I guess. I mean, well, USC uh, and Stanford are the only teams that have played conference games and they played each other. So. Wow, we are. Right, we need to have a eulogy uh, for the Pac-12 North and the Pac-12 South. I don't think we do. <laughs> I mean, they're losing their two main guns in the conference, so or one of, and then the other. It's just kind of there, but uh, basketball. Yeah, basketball sometimes. 
basketball for this was the 80s or 60s or whenever they were good. Yeah. Let's see. Where did I put these? Um, computers. Oh, here's, yeah. Alabama, Texas. How about that? Ooh, birthday card is back. Um, what'd you say? I said birthday card is back in the saddle at quarterback. Oh, Hudson card. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, um, I don't know what to make of Alabama right now. Because that was, that was bad. I know what to make of them. They are not Georgia. No, I no. I think Georgia has comfortably proven that they are still the best team in the country right now. Uh, I don't know if Alabama's if Ohio State's better than Alabama right now. No. But, oh wait, oh wait, no. I'm sorry. I thought you said Georgia. Um, no, 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 no. Continue your thought. I don't know if Ohio State is better than Alabama right now. If I were to make. If I were to cast my playoff ballot, which I'll do next week, because I decided I'm only I'm going to wait from now on. I'm going to make my preseason poll, and then I'm just going to wait four or three weeks until we start getting more into conference play before I start ranking teams. Because then I have to put like, oh well, Notre Dame lost week one, so they're only 15, but then they keep losing. It's just a whole mess. It's easier if I wait and just see what all these teams look like. But. If I had to right now, it would be Georgia. I'm reluctant. I'm. I don't want to do it, but I think I would have to put Ohio State two, Alabama three, and then Michigan four. It's those four teams, and Michigan is locked in at four. Georgia's locked in at one. It's just a different question of who's better right now. Who's looked more impressive, Ohio State or Alabama? Well. I I guess Ohio State, but honestly, well, let me ask you this because I listened to Columbus Talk Radio. I I, I get a little bit. I I used to get literally three hours a day listening to Columbus Radio, but now that I'm in radio, uh, I'm listening to. Well, I'm mostly participating in St. Louis Radio, so I have less time and also just. A lot of the national stories are the same, and I don't care to hear the same thing over and over again. But I still try to get like 15 to 20 minutes a day, except on Mondays where I'm listening. I want to hear the reactions about what went down. Um, and they were talking about how uh, one of the co- one of the hosts was very much n- very displeased with what he saw from the Arkansas State game, and one of them was kind of just brushing it aside, like, "Ah, eh, you know, Notre Dame was a big game. It was a that was the." come back down sort of deal. Um, but one of them was like, they looked really, really bad. They were like turnover or not turnovers. They were like bad penalties, not tackling well. Um, and I, I mean, I guess it, the game was kind of close to a degree. Yeah. And then this is in second half. It was, it, it was Arkansas state settling for field goals every single drive, which, you know, that'll kill you. Yeah. That's how uh, you beat Ohio state and Columbus. Yeah, but with field goals. But one of the guys was like, man, this team does not look like it's ready to play against anybody decent anytime soon. What do you think? I I just think Ohio State didn't really care. There was not a single measurable unit of time where Ohio State was ever in danger of losing that game. It just simply wasn't. Ohio State just kind of went in there, tried some shit out on offense. They looked fine on offense. (laughs) Defense. 
defense bend no bend but don't break. They, I mean, anybody who had a legitimate opinion on what happened in this game is just making shit up because it, what happened happened. Ohio State came in, they won the game, and that's it, and they won convincingly. Yeah, they did, but uh, they didn't. They didn't cover, so you know they they oh, disappointed. Brother. Nobody covered. Uh, like, none of these favorites covered yet uh, the other day All on right. Saturday. If I'm making my rankings, if I'm, if I'm completely ignoring what took place or preseason, well, that's t- I can't completely ignore it because I, I don't know. There, I don't know, like, is Syracuse, like, uh, they, is that going to be, like, a top 25 team? I don't know. So I can't completely ignore it because then I'd have to look up every single two week resume in college football. And I just can't do that. <laughs> so I'm not going to completely ignore it, but Georgia is going to be my number one. Um, I will gladly find a number two if I can. Um, let's, it wasn't me. Uh, I keep getting these ads. Syracuse beat Louisville 31-7. Louisville was supposed to be kind of decent, and then they whipped up on UConn 48-14. Syracuse are going to be my number two. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, point is, it's tough to completely eliminate the preseason. But I don't I don't like Alabama based off of what they did in week one. Um, they kind of got a gift, and people are arguing that you could have called a holding on that big run by Bryce Young. Um, right. You should have been I, back, too. Ohio State's done nothing for me, especially if you factor in what they, uh, what they, or what Notre Dame's done in week two. Right. Now, I, I don't understand what that win does for you outside of wanting to clown Notre Dame no. now, because that's it not does, some, yeah, that's not the statement victory people thought it was. Um, yeah, that Michigan, win means nothing now. The only redeemable quality about Michigan to me, uh, two qualities I should say, they picked. It's looking like they're picking J.J. McCarthy to be the starter, which is the guy that I wanted them to start. And the fact that they're probably going to be undefeated heading into Columbus this year because their schedule is just so terrible. Yeah, I got to take, man. Michigan is really fucking good. I I haven't played anybody. I I know, I know. But you can tell because – when when they are beating the shit out of these bad teams, and you can kind of tell when a team isn't serious because they're not really beating the shit out of these bad teams. Michigan is crushing these teams right now. I don't think they're not as good as they were last year. They're not even close to what they were last year, but they are really good, and they're going to benefit from college football sucking this year because I'm looking. Because uh, I've been starting to just kind of look to see where I would rank teams, but I don't officially rank them. I don't know who I'd put five. I think I would put USC five. Because Clemson has certainly not impressed me. The offense was fine against Furman. I'm still trying and, to pick a number two team. I can't even pick a two. I might, right, I might, go, it, I might go Kentucky. Kentucky? I, uh, well, hey, they, uh, they got a big win in Florida. Um. I think we right. overestimated how good Florida was. Well, yeah, Anthony Richardson wasn't good in that game. No, he um, was not. He, he was not Cam Newton, like everyone was telling me he was. He wasn't even Cam Newton against Utah. He threw for like 170 yards. No, yeah, he just made the plays when he needed to. 
Tennessee, you might be my number two team. Um, well, you know what? West Virginia just lost to Kansas. Um, so that de- Kansas is good. Well, all right. If Kansas is good, then um, then Pitt's value has just risen again, um, which means that Tennessee is back into the conversation for the number two team in the country. Uh, Arkansas, no, I can't do Arkansas because Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm not taking them serious right now. Um, you know what? It might be USC. Uh, I think it has to be. They might be my number two team in the country. Well, no, I. Or Clemson, I guess, but. No, that's too preseason-y. I I need less preseason. Gosh, has anybody anybody just kicked the crap out of. BYU, what'd you do week one? BYU's great. BYU might be great. They struggled against a Baylor team that I'm down on, but BYU is really good. Uh-huh. Wake Forest, what'd you do? Uh, no. They whooped the shit out of Vandy. Yeah, but Vanderbilt, I think it's more about Hawaii than anything. Yeah. Holy hell, I do not like any of these teams in college football. Mm. I'm telling you, there might be only three teams. Well, we I, everyone could have told you that. That was the chatter heading into the season. Michigan's making their way up there. USC's making a push. I'm not even opposed to having Utah as a top 10 team right now. I am. Well, we have to – hold on. If we're putting that, – that is so – I this is such a, a goofy line. That is so last season. I mean, what in the world? Why would, What argument does Utah have? They beat Southern Utah by 70, sure, but – what the is argument is everyone sucks. Uh, who did Stanford beat week one? Oh, they beat USC didn't even win by as well. Stanford made it look better at the end. Huh? Yeah. I don't have it. There, there's one good team in college football. All right. <laughs> yeah, really. At this point, there really is. Georgia. Okay, Alabama. You're not getting my number two spot. Ohio State. I'm. I'm probably not going to give it to you. Uh, well, let me see. Yeah, who are you going to put it to if it's not Alabama or Ohio State? Uh, it's not going to be Michigan because you are not going to just play crap all year long, uh, which they have UConn. Holy cow. Yeah, Colorado State, UConn. Hawaii, UConn, Maryland, Iowa, who is awful, Indiana. Oh, my God. Uh, who is also terrible. Penn State, who is terrible because they have James Franklin and Sean Clifford still. I don't care about Joey Porter Jr. Uh, Michigan State is we'll – I know they we'll have 11 next year. Again, talk about so last season. Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois. All right. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State are going to be undefeated come week 12. And it's going to be exciting, but those two teams – let me see Ohio State's schedule because, I mean, the Big Ten as a whole is probably just – Wisconsin Ohio. just lost to Washington State, um, and then it's, they're on the same side. Man, these two teams. Ohio I don't State think does. we're going to get anything out of the Big Ten up until the final week of the season. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State does have to go to Michigan State and Penn State this year. But I, I have my eye on Penn State. I'm not convinced, but they, they got something cooking there. I, I really like this Drew Alar kid from – He's from my neck of the woods, but yes, he is. like 30 minutes south or 25 minutes south of me. But 
he, he a lot of people are happy about him. This Noah Singleton, the best running back recruit in the country, looked good. I, they didn't look great against Purdue, but I think Purdue is a very scrappy team that's going to be a tough team to beat throughout the season. The the defense looks fine. I, I really like Penn State against Auburn this week, but um, yeah, Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan should be undefeated. All right, Kansas, you're in my top twenty-five. You're not in my top top five, but you're. I'll put you in the top twenty-five. I'll, Let's look uh, at the AP because that the AP poll, man. I they it got makes A&M, no sense. It's all preseason days, bro. Yeah, that's the problem. And then the college football playoff bases it off of it. Yeah. So, well, now look, this will all figure figure itself out eventually. So it's not that big of a deal right. yet, although. I'm with you. I do think it takes a lot. It's almost like everybody at the top gets an extra strike because of their preseason hype. And then everyone at the bottom, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like the people at the top are innocent until proven guilty. And the people at the bottom have to prove them, prove that the people at the top are guilty. It's like you're answering. It's like the burden of proof is on the people who started this season outside the top three. I think the AP poll, the problem is it's beat writers who are voting in the AP poll, and they just don't watch college football outside of the team whose beat they're on. It's, it just doesn't make sense that we keep validating the AP poll. I, I agree. Their top 10, I think, is the right 10 teams. I probably would switch BYU and Arkansas. Uh, BYU's 12, Arkansas is 10, but... They have a Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma, USC, Oklahoma State, Kentucky, and Arkansas. Those are probably the ten teams. Like I said, I would switch BYU and Arkansas, but I wouldn't. Are you Clemson arguing spot. for the BCS again? Heavens no, hell no. Because then because what, if the what, BCS, what are we arguing for? I'm arguing for twelve teams. Well, you got that. Hell you yeah, win. I did. But it's there's I'm just talking nobody, about the computers. There's just nobody good. Which makes it fun to watch on Saturday. Absolutely. I love every second of it. Because there's gonna be a lot of competitive football. Because a lot mm-hmm. of these teams there's not a great amount of variance between the teams, so that means it's gonna be pretty competitive. Which is gonna be very exciting to watch. That means we're gonna have some crazy Saturdays. I'm just right. saying making these top rankings is hell because Georgia is Easily number one, especially yeah. if Oregon beats up on BYU, uh, which they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home in the outs in the zoo. But Georgia is the only team that looks like they played a perfect game. Um, outside of them, I don't I, I don't want to say Alabama uh, until right. we find out more about Texas or about Alabama for that matter. I don't want to say Ohio State because Notre Dame looks terrible. Um. Uh, in fact, uh, Marshall. When when it comes to Ohio Notre Dame versus Ohio State, Notre Dame versus Marshall, Marshall looked slightly better against Notre Dame than Ohio State did. They it was about the same, but Marshall was a little bit better. Um, yeah. And I don't. And as you said, anybody who's trying to derive some hot take out of the Arkansas State game, what is that? They're just wasting their time. Uh, right. According to you. So, and the same thing is going to happen this week with Toledo. Yeah. So, 
I, I like Oklahoma. I'm, but I, I like yeah. Brent Venables, but they haven't played an FCS or, ne- or I'm sorry, a Power Five opponent yet, and they have Nebraska on deck who just fired their head coach. So, like, what what could that possibly give us? There's nothing to work with. No, there really isn't. But another thing that bothers me about the AP poll, you see the others receiving votes at the end. Who the fuck is voting for Notre Dame right now? I don't know. People Who's who voting are... for Notre Dame? Who's voting for Wisconsin? Who's voting for Auburn? I mean, it, I, what written, Air Force getting less votes than Notre Dame is insanity. Air Force should be ranked. Air Force is really good. They were one of my favorite win totals I played this season. They... Well, Actually, Air me, Force might be top 15. They might. I mean, they're good. Actually, let me pull up these. I got to make sure my my win totals are looking good. I think I'm looking good on most but one of my win totals. Let's see. Uh, Kentucky is probably in my top five. Um, Yuck. Well, look, man, I know Florida <laughs> looks bad. They, or they they played poorly on Saturday, so Kentucky was given some favors, but right. Uh, also, also Anthony Richardson did something that I've never in my life seen before. I have never in my life seen a quarterback start chasing the defender while the ball was still in the air before the interception even occurred. Oh, that was did you bad did thing. you see that play? Oh yeah, I had Kentucky in that game. So he threw the ball while the ball the ball is halfway there. He takes off running because he knows that he just threw a pick six. I I love I love watch I loved watching the replay of that because the crowd could tell the second it left his hands like oh shit because yeah. I, I don't know if it was a it was miscommunication I don't know who really fucked up there but somebody fucked up Let's yeah not that not that about it but so I like Florida Florida definitely had some mistakes they made Kentucky's job easier but we've also right. seen Florida be capable of being a good team against a a team that we think is going to be a good team. Again, don't want to give Utah too much credit because their only win on their current resume is uh, is a Southern Utah, who they beat seventy three to seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. But Utah is also returning some of their best players from last year, so we we've at least seen those guys in action before. So right. um, we can at least take that. It's not like they just completely rebuilt it. It's not like what Ohio State fans are doing with Marvin Harrison Jr. Just like, oh my gosh, I saw him put a ball in a jug machine and practice and then go run and chase it down himself. Uh, he's a top 10 draft pick already. Like what? He looks good. I like him a lot. I'm sure he will be, but it's ridiculous to me how that just goes. I'm, yeah, I, got, football fan. I got so sick. No, it's Ohio State fans because it's, it's Brian Hartline this, Brian Hartline that. Oh, Jackson Smith and Jigba got hurt against Notre Dame. Oh, my gosh. Well, what do you expect everybody to do? They, they, they don't have anybody. It's their best receivers out. Who's CJ Stroud supposed to throw to? Oh, how about all the guys that you brag about? And they have, you know, we got freaking Sam Block tweeting about how Ohio State has the best wide receiver one in the country, the best wide receiver two, three, four, five, six in the country. And now all of a sudden, oh, my, Jackson Smith and Jigba's hurt. What do you expect CJ Stroud to do? Are you kidding me? I, oh my gosh! Yeah, there. I I agree with you there. There are some irrational college football fans out there. <laughs> but my win totals: TCU under six and a half isn't looking great right now. Air Force over eight and a half looks pretty good. Boston College is under zero oh and two. I have them under six and a half, so that's looking decent. Good call. I have, Clem, 
Uh, Clemson under ten and a half. I I don't know. I'm thinking maybe that's going to hit because we'll I see. don't trust that offense. Kansas State over six and a half looks really good because Kansas State's a top twenty-five team. Um, I have Michigan over nine and a half. They're probably going to hit that. I have Texas under eight and a half. So we'll see about that, especially now with Quinn Ewers out, who looked awesome. They probably would have won that game. Uh, I think so too, but Alabama could. Alabama looked awful. Do we know? Um, do we know um, how long? Oh, it's like four to five weeks for Quinn Ewers, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. Well, all right. So Hudson Card's the guy. So I think you got to rank them accordingly to how how long he's going to be out. He's going to be out for over a month, it sounds like, or thereabout. So I think you got just got to rank this team based off of what you think they are with Hudson Card, which is a competitive team, but one that lost to a team that we also expect to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm Let's not going to te- put Alabama super high, and I'm also not going to put Texas super high, but I'm going to – wherever you put Alabama, I think Texas should probably be one ranking beneath them no matter where. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, Texas's next five games, we'll just assume he's out for five, is UTSA this week, which I'm not as high on them as I was coming into the season. At Texas Tech, that's going to be a tough game. It's always tough to play in Lubbock. Uh, West Virginia, who the hell knows what they are right now. Oklahoma, and then Iowa State. And then after that, it gets tougher when he comes back, potentially. As they go to Stillwater for Oklahoma State, at Kansas State, versus TCU, at Kansas, and then they finish the year with Baylor. So that's, that's a tough end to the schedule. So we'll see about them. Uh, Joel Platt has them ranked 10th, Texas. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, they're a Big 12 team. So if they're in the Big 12 or – the Pac-12 or the Big Ten, Joel Klatt's going to give you preferential treatment because he is a company guy. Yes, he is. Oh, I also forgot I have this five-leg parlay that's going to make me rich because um, I'm looking at my FanDuel account right now. When I was placing my bets, I had $5 left over, and I decided to just – I decided to parlay all the teams that I think are going to win their championships this upcoming year. So if Houston wins the World Series, Ohio State wins the national championship, the Bills win the Super Bowl – the Bucks win the NBA champ, the NBA Finals, and tur- uh, the Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. I win fifty grand. Well, all right, there we go. That's that's inspiring. We'll see what happens with that. Let's I, check I, in. I correctly predicted the Super Bowl and national champions last year, so maybe that's maybe it's the start of my greatness. Just maybe. Let me see what we got with me. All right, I got. I got the Vikings under nine and a half wins last week concerned the hell out of me. I have the Commanders winning the NFC East at plus 450. Decent odds now with Dak out. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, did not appreciate the Giants and Eagles both winning for that bet, but I guess the Commanders won, so whatever. Uh, and then going up directly against the Commanders at plus 640 to win the AFC South, I have the Jaguars. Oof. Trevor Lawrence looks bad. Uh, I was uh, I was hoping the Texans would close out that one against the Colts because I think that's going to be one that uh, I could have used, but whatever. 
Yeah, Trevor Lawrence looked really bad. I guess we can go to the NFL. The NFL started. Um, this, you know what? I, I got something to say. I'm tired of people saying Baker Mayfield played good. Baker Mayfield was awful against the Browns. He was awful. <laughs> His two – let me pull up the box score of that game. Browns versus Panthers. Let me tell you, I mean, he was probably the best quarterback on the field because Jacoby Brissett is nothing. But Baker Mayfield had 235 yards passing, a touchdown, and a pick, and the pick was really bad. He had a rushing touchdown too, but he had two plays in that game. One was a 76-yard touchdown to Robbie Anderson, who was wide open. It was busted coverage. And then the other was a 50-yard completion to one of their tight ends it was busted coverage again so he had 125 of his 235 yards were on busted coverage he had four fumbles baker mayfield fumbled the ball four times <laughs> he missed every he, he just did not look good you saw the good and bad with baker mayfield you saw the bad which is really bad and the good which is good enough to make throws to wide open people when needed i he did not look good. He put him in the position to win because he made those because he made those throws, and the Browns defense kind of almost choked it away. And then Cade York, the best kicker in the NFL, apparently, is saved us from me having to look at Panthers fans celebrate on my grave. Well. You escaped death, uh, which you guys were in complete control of that game until the very end where you guys lost it. But mm -hmm. you regained it. Way to go, Cade York, blah, blah, blah. Uh, once again, I come to you live on the airwaves of the call-in app uh, via the, pot, the Buck Guys Talk podcast to tell you that the Browns did not need to pay Nick Chubb a bunch of money because Kareem Hunt is – good enough to get you some solid playing time and you can Listen. use him as the Browns did. Correct. Correct. Nick, uh, Kareem Hunt is really good. However, uh, Nick Chubb had 141 rushing yards and he ran for 6.4 yards per carry. I kind of want that. Well, that's pretty good too. <laughs> and they're going to need him this year because like I said, Jacoby Brissett sucks. Yeah, he's, he's really bad, but he is. He's uh, bad. I, let's who the who the Browns have this week? I don't even remember the Jets. Oh yeah, we played Joe Flacco. That oh, that's win. exciting. Yeah, if we lose to Joe Flacco, I might that might be it. Uh, and then we have the steel, the TJ Wattless Steelers, and then the Falcons, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Ravens, the or whatever. All the way up until Houston when Deshaun Watson comes back. And hopefully if our heads are above water, then we have a shot at going to the playoffs. Especially now that Pittsburgh, their best player's out for a little while. Baltimore, I don't really know. I didn't really get a good read on them against the Jets. I didn't really watch them, to be honest. And then Cincinnati didn't look all that great. but Which is good, because I actually wanted the Steelers to beat Cincinnati, because I perceived the Cincinnati to be more of a threat than Pittsburgh. So I'd rather Cincinnati start with that division one. Right. Um, the Steelers got away with one because the Bengals are not going to have a habit of turning the ball over five times every single game, although no. their offensive line was god-awful, uh, which I do think will be a problem throughout the season. But, um, yeah, you're not going to get away with five turnovers and 
gosh, I mean, if, even if they turned the ball over only three times, you probably lose that game because that was you, – you got out there out of that one by the skin of your teeth, and you got a an anomaly, anomaly of, a, of a performance coming out of Cincinnati. Um, that just is not going to happen maybe in the rest of the year for them to turn over the ball that much. So uh, I didn't like it, but uh, you got the victory. I was thrilled, especially after the Saturday that I had. Uh, I, I needed that Sunday so, so badly. So it felt good in the moment, and I was taking the victory. You know, this isn't college football. We don't need a resume. We don't need to convince anybody. Yep. But uh, I also think that we're not fooling anybody, and I'm bracing myself for the parade to come to an end as the Patriots come into town, a two-point favor, despite the fact that the Patriots themselves did not look good on Sunday. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think of, make of Patriots. I really don't. Because their skill room sucks. They got nobody. Yeah. They got nobody. <laughs> Mac Jones is fine, but you got to put people around Mac Jones. And I don't think they're going to rattle off seven wins in a row like they did last year to basically will them into the playoffs. I think they kind of rode the coattails of their defense being really good last year. And Mac Jones just kind of being a game manager, which is fine for this offense because it clearly works. But I don't know what to make of them. I'm not impressed with Miami either. Um, it's kind of a boring week one, to be honest. A boring week one after the Steelers, Bengals, and Texans, Colts? That was a boring week I one? The problem is I went out to watch the Browns game, so I didn't really watch much um, of the early Well, even, even that game was exciting at the end. Yeah, it was exciting at the end, but it, the NFL doesn't give me the same juice that college football does anymore. I, I College football is so far and ahead my favorite thing. I would watch I would watch college football before the NFL any day of the week. It's just so much more exciting to me. Well, college football is based on emotion, right? And which is awesome to just give into it irrationally. I might add, it's fun to be, yep. it's fun to be irrational sometimes. Um, and I feel like the NFL, the NFL has just become so much of a transaction, I guess, because yeah. uh, for, first of all, for the players, all of your favorite players are are arguing about contracts, who's getting paid this, who's getting paid that. <laughs> um, everybody says that they're loyal to a franchise until they're not. Uh, and we actually just saw that on Monday Night Football. Uh, the, the return, you know, Russell Wilson was Mr. He was the, he was Mr. 12th man. And then, you know, the past three years, he's been trying to get out of there. So it's just players are holding out for contracts, players requesting trades. Uh, you know, guys signing one-year contracts, and then on the next the next year they're on a completely different team. And from a fan's perspective, anything football related all immediately just turns into gambling talk. Immediately, so it's the emotion. There's the ties that you have emotionally to the NFL just pale in comparison to your emotional ties to college football, partially because college football frequently, and, you know, I'm an anomaly, I I get that, but I, and I'm somebody who has a habit of just assuming that the rest of the world thinks the way I do, but I understand 
that I am the rare exception to where I root for a school that I did not attend. So for a lot of people, they feel like they're a part of it. So they feel like, you know, you know, they never played for the team, but they feel like they're a part of the team. They have memories of being in the stadium for big games, stuff like that. Um, You know, they were, they were classmates with some of the players when they were in school. So they were, they were in that atmosphere and environment. And also there are 130 FBS schools. So you feel like, so that's far more widespread and far more um, attainable for just the average regular human being compared to someone who lives out in the middle of nowhere and you, you got 32 options. And oh, by the way, uh, New York has two of them, so it's really 31. Uh, also, LA has two of them, so it's really 30. So it's just, it's really, really exclusive. So I think all of that kind of comes into play. Yeah, it, it also helps that Ohio State is just infinitely better at winning football games than the Browns, in my case. Well, so, that, too. That, that also helps. But, yes, you agree. It's, you, you feel more involved with your college team, especially if you went to the college of your favorite team. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely at, uh, at play because you feel like you're a part of it and – I remember – do you remember the name Tom Zabikowski? Oh, yeah. Chan- champion boxer. That is right. That is right. Um, Wasn't he a champion while he was at Notre Dame too? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, and then he actually retired from the NFL a few years in. Um, and he was quoted as – and I don't have the quote, but – Played for the Colts, right? Yeah, Colts and Ravens. Uh, I think he's a third-round draft pick. But – they asked him why he retired, and his he said, like, no one cares. He's like, <laughs> even if you lose, you still get that the thrill of getting a paycheck. He said, basically, right. like, there's no love of the game because at the end of the day, when you get the paycheck, you just – you look at it and you get this love of money that supersedes the love of the game. And so – which I appreciate. Now, I don't – I would never have asked him to retire for feeling that way, but I appreciate him for acknowledge not only right. acknowledging that, but also being so public about it. And um, that's it. Kind of, and I'm I'm guilty of it too, man. I we've we've done interviews all throughout the week at this radio station with NFL guys and stuff like that. And every time you don't even think about it, you ask about a game, and you just immediately look at the spread and you mention it, and then just. Almost just just as a gauge of what you expect to see in the game, but you can't get away from it. So it is a little bit. Uh, the pool has been has been spiked with uh, with some degeneracy and uh, some gambling, and it's it's a transaction. It's you don't have the same emotion. As it swell up a little bit uh, because. You know, sometimes you're even betting against your own team now. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, my gosh, look at the spread. And I guess that that does happen, no doubt, in college football, too. Mm -hmm. But NFL, for whatever reason, is seen as, I I guess, just because all of the games are on TV opposed to just, like, I don't know, 10% of them, like college football. So you feel like you you can bet on every game, you can watch every game, but. I agree with you. Not the same. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, let's, let's 
take a look at these lines for next week before we get into <laughs> trivia. Um, now that you mentioned that, um, yeah. Tomorrow we have two games. They're not that great. Florida State at Louisville, and then Air Force at Wyoming. Um, whatever. Um, Oklahoma, Nebraska. A lot of people are saying they're betting on Nebraska plus ten and a half. I don't know. It opened. Well, the line was eleven, so they must be betting on it if it moved down. The game opened at thirteen and a half. I'm like, Jesus. Which? What are we doing? I'm very. I'm, it's at Nebraska. So. I might have to look into this one a little bit more, but I think I'll stay away from that. Uh, Georgia, South Carolina, who cares? Spencer Rattler doesn't look all that great. Um, Cal at Notre Dame. I think I really like Notre Dame minus 11, which is an odd thing to say after what's happened. Yeah, no. But um, I I guess I'll go. No, actually, no, I'm going to go with Cal on this one. But oh, babe. I, yeah, I know. I'm going with Cal. Uh, the cover, not the win. Uh, let's get, let's get that loud and clear. But I, my level of, I guess, apathy at this point, just, just standing back, like, just expecting the worst. I need to see it for it to happen. It's it's how I felt about Ohio State and Michigan. Like I'm gonna pick Ohio State for the rest of my life until I see Michigan beat them, and it just so happens that right after I said that, Michigan finally won. But uh, maybe the same thing will happen here. I may actually be jinxing myself into success. I may be saying I, I'm i not picking Notre Dame until I see them win. Maybe that will lead Notre Dame to win. I hope so, but I'm I'm actually going to be on Cal on this one. Uh, BYU plus three and a half at Oregon. I haven't decided if I like BYU and the points or take them plus value on the money line yet. I think I'm leaning towards the points because I would rather have the points since it's at Oregon. So I think, yeah, I'd go three and a half. I'm actually going to go with Oregon on this one. I um, I typically like the teams that get the hook, but uh, I'm going to challenge Oregon to cover this one because I think it's going to be hard for BYU to replicate the level of intensity that they had last week, especially with a, uh, a new um, – uh, uh, heading into a different environment where uh, they yeah. will not be so welcome. Um, I'm just trying to find something here. Trying to compare odds here. Thinking of possible. Uh, oh, I can get Penn State minus three on Bovada. On FanDuel, it's plus, minus three and a half. I'm going Penn State here no matter what the line is because I think Auburn is just awful. Penn State is going to surprise you with how awful they are, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, don't, I, I feel like should have won. If Sean Clifford looked bad in this game, I think they're going to have a quick hook. Or not a quick hook, but if they're, like, losing going into halftime, I feel like Drew Allard is going to come out and start the second half. Uh, I hope so. I, I, I would admire the guts to make that call because Sean Clifford's been there for a million years at this point. But mm-hmm. – I, so I would actually applaud James Franklin for having the guts to make that call because I think it's the right one. But I, uh, I'm i not so sure he's going to have the guts. Yeah. Um, Michigan State at Washington. Michigan State plus three and a half. Uh, the problem is Michigan State's secondary was so bad last year, and they're returning a lot from their secondary. And I think their starting safeties are both hurt or questionable for this game. I'm still leaning towards Michigan State. One, I just don't 
trust Washington's offense. I know what their defense is, and it's fine. But Michigan State's looked good running the ball. Um, and two, Michael Penix Jr. might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen. And he's a starting, <laughs> starter at Washington, so I'll take the Spartans. I'm going to lean into the weirdness on this one. That's all I need. Uh, I don't have any justification. I'll let the odds makers do all the work for me. They they gave me a weird line, which means I have to take it. I can't question it. Uh, speaking of a weird line, uh, Texas A&M minus six and a half against Miami. This is this is making me like you just said. It's a weird line. It's weird. It's kind of too weird. I don't know where yeah. I know it's at Texas A&M. Their defense is still really good, but Haynes King is bad. They got no redeeming qualities on offense, and Miami kind of looked out of funk last week against Southern Miss on offense. But Tyler Van Dyke is clearly the best quarterback in this game. Miami's a good team. I, I think I may stay away from this game because I kind of want to see what both these teams actually are. But if I had to, I'd take Miami plus six and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with Miami on this one, especially since the spread is going up in favor of Miami. I think it's, even, it's given me even more room than I initially wanted because I was on them to begin with. So that's yeah. where I'm going to go with this one. Just. I am pretty out on Texas A&M. I'm pretty out on Haynes King. I don't know who the backup quarterback is, but this might be a game where this might be his Tua game. This might be the, <laughs> the uh, hey, we're in a competitive game, but we need you. So head on out there. Who is the backup? I feel like I should know who the backup is. Um, they brought in a freshman this year, like Con or something, but I don't know if he's the backup. They probably he's probably third string or fourth. Oh, uh, I thought Max Johnson was tight. I thought he oh, no, that was too. Miles Brennan. That was Miles Brennan who retired. That oh, LSU Max Johnson. Yeah, Max Johnson, the LSU guy. So he's their backup right now. They do have. Oh yeah, Connor Wegman. Wegman, Wegman, whatever. He's a true freshman. I think yeah. he was one of the top recruits. I just I, I recognize that name, but Max John. I feel like they, yeah. Why Max Johnson seems like he would be better. Was um, oh shoot, who was I thinking of? Is T.J. Finley the quarterback at Auburn? Yes, he is. Gross. Yep, really gross. Really gross. I don't even know who the second string is because Zach Cal- Zach Calzada definitely is. He lost the second string job too. He did. Oh yeah, he's really bad. Oh. What the hell? Um, Kansas plus nine and a half at Houston. Interesting. Uh, maybe I'll take Kansas. Um, here's one I'm interested yeah. in. And usually I would not be interested in this game. I want to see if I can find maybe a team total that's not up on FanDuel right now. But Alabama versus Louisiana Monroe. Alabama's minus 49 and a half. I feel like I have a feeling practice this week for Alabama was not easy. Um, especially since they had 15 penalties and should have lost that game. Uh, so I feel like Alabama is going to come out and thump this team. But there's also the situation where Alabama is winning like 56 to nothing. And then Louisiana Monroe gets a bullshit touchdown in the fourth quarter and they only win by 49 and I lose by the hook. So I'll look, I'm looking for a team total in this game. But 
I just want to make that note. Um, Mississippi State at LSU. This is interesting. Mississippi State's offense is very good, especially Will Rogers, the quarterback. I think he has like nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, and over 800 yards passing for two games. Let's see what their rankings are. Because they run that air raid, which I love. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what they're ranking right now. I haven't watched a lot of Mississippi State, but I, be, I keep hearing things about Mississippi State. I haven't either. But they are. I, they're going to Baton Rouge is a favorite, man. Out of all the yep. SEC schools, you could have told me we're going to go to Baton Rouge and be a favorite. I would not have anticipated Mississippi State being one of them. <laughs> Mississippi State is top 20 in points per game, yards per game, yards per play, um, completion percentage, yards per pass, passing yards per game. Yeah, they're good. Uh, their rushing numbers are not whatever. Their defense is actually not too bad either, not like they played anybody. But I guess I would take Mississippi State there just because I like the offense and I don't really like LSU. I'm going to go with LSU. I I think that's a tall task for Mississippi State. Um, I know that Brian Kelly is currently embarrassing himself, which I am not opposed to. Uh, so do not – do not take my LSU pick as some sort of LSU fandom. So, but regardless, I am going to roll with the Tigers. Uh, I just think that Baton Rouge is such a crazy atmosphere. Mississippi State's going to be, they're going to have a tall task at hand. Mm-hmm. And then the last game that actually matters is the late game. Fresno State at USC, USC minus 12 and a half. The total is set at 74 and a half. Uh, which, I think uh, I like the total there. Say this one more time. USC minus 12 and a half. Total is set at 74 and a half. Oh, 74. That is a crazy amount of points. It is, but USC's defense didn't look all that great, and Fresno State's offense is still pretty damn good. Oh, I Although they lost see. to my Oregon State Beavers at the gun last week. I can kind of see it, honestly. I, uh, you know, I'm taking I'm taking the hardcore under on this one, mm. but you know what? If the over hits, just tip my cap and move on to the next one. Speaking of unders, we have a football game tonight. Uh, the NFL Chiefs and Chargers. There's actually the under. This screen, this game screams over to me because it's the Chiefs and Chargers. The total is 54, me which means. Yeah, let me read you some trends here. On Thursday night football, whenever the total is set at at least 54, the under is 7-0, and it's hitting by an average of two touchdowns. Um, over the wow. Past 10, over the past 10 seasons, when the total is set at 50-plus points on Thursday night, the under is 23-14-1. And, and when the total is set at 50-plus points on Thursday nights, divisional matchups, are 13-5-1 the under is hitting. So I'm all over the under on this game. Well, you convinced me. I'll take the under, too, and also uh, I'll take I'll take a Chiefs slight cover. I'll, they uh, are – they're probably still four and a half. Let's see. Yep, still four and a half. That's I'll the, take I don't Chief, Chiefs by six. That's the other – bad part about gambling between college football one day and the NFL the next is because the spreads are just so wildly different. Because four and a half is just so many points in the NFL. 
Yeah, it really is. And four and a half in college is like nothing. Yeah, four and a half is what you know, whatever. But yeah, I'd, if I had to take the spread, I would take the Chiefs. Or actually, no, I'd take the Chargers. It's because that defense looked really good. I'm taking. I'm. I already uh, established I'm taking the Chiefs, but. Uh, I do think that this could be a big, big, big momentum game for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I know that they're really competitive, and I expect them to be. And I know Justin Herbert. Oh my gosh, everyone's talking about Justin Herbert. Is he is he top top five? Is he top three in the NFL? Uh, I think he has a ton of potential, and he he looks the part. Six six, big live arm, athletic. Uh, not 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 too athletic to where he thinks that he can just run defenders over like some other quarterback in the AFC, um, mm-hmm. who is gonna he's gonna injure himself if he's not careful up in Buffalo, <laughs> but he looks the part. He's gonna have he's got a really really good potential. I like Justin Herbert, but he's not there yet in my opinion. But I think he's on his way. So They're this could be a big time statement victory for the Chargers if they get there. I um I'm not so locked into my Chiefs pick to where I'm rooting against the Chargers. In fact, I may be, I may be rooting for the Chargers in this one mm-hmm. as we uh, watch tonight as Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels lead oh, us baby. on Amazon Prime Video. What a booth! Um, there are a lot of large spreads this week in the NFL. Um, we got that one. The Browns are minus six and a half against the Jets. The um, Falcons are plus ten and a half against the Rams. Seahawks plus eight and a half against the 49ers. Bengals minus seven and a half against the Cowboys. Broncos minus nine and a half against the Texans. Raiders minus five and a half against the Cardinals. Packers minus nine and a half against the Bears. Bills minus nine and a half against the Titans on Monday night. Oh, we had two Monday night games this week. Yeah. Bills and Titans and Eagles and Vikings. But I actually do have a prop parlay for tonight's game. Oh, sure. I have. Two overs for receiving yards, which is kind of goes against my under pick, but whatever. Um, I have Mike Williams over 69 and a half receiving yards. When Mike Will- Mike Williams averaged 8.1 targets last year, when he went over that number, which I just counted eight targets as over the number as well, or when he was at his average or above, he averaged 104.6 yards per game, and he totaled seven of his nine touchdowns in the season last year in those games. When he goes under... He's averaging only 51 and a half yards per game, and he should see a lot more targets tonight because Keenan Allen isn't playing. So I got that. I have Travis Kelsey over 78 and a half receiving yards. He just continues to be the best, and he crushed the Chargers last year. He had two, both his games he had over 100 yards, and then he had that one Thursday night football game last year where they went into overtime, and he had the walk-off touchdown. He had 191 yards and two touchdowns in that game. He went for 121 in a touchdown last week, which is his 30th 100-yard receiving game of his career. Uh, Then the Chargers, their defense is better, but they allowed Darren Waller to go for 79 yards on four catches, which isn't alarming because Waller is what he is, but Kelsey is just so much better, so I have that. And then I have my touchdown score of the night added to my parlay. I have Justin Herbert plus 360, which I usually don't take – quarterbacks as anytime touchdown because obviously they need a rushing or receiving touchdown and those are just harder for a quarterback but in his four career games against the Chiefs Justin Herbert has a touchdown rush in three of them 
and it's at plus 360. So I got all those together. I haven't placed the bet yet, which I should do right now. Go ahead. Lock that crap in. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, we'll lock that in. We got three more hours, so. Yeah, I got to make sure I have Amazon Prime, actually, now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, so you got to get that set up. You got to make sure. Yeah, I got to make sure. Let's see. I bet Bovada's lines suck, too, because they're not. Because I use FanDuel when I make pro, when I give out my picks. God, I can't wait to never use this service ever again. Travis Kelsey is actually one yard higher than what I gave out. That's great. Mike Williams, two yards higher than I gave out. That's tremendous. Uh, I bet that won't fuck me. Um, <laughs> and then where are the touchdowns? Touchdowns at least. What's, what's Justin Herbert at? Plus 350. Plus 10 worse than – okay, yeah, it's all worse. So this parlay, three-leg parlay, plus 771. Love it. There we go. And we're in. All right. In for the win. My props did poorly on Monday night, or yeah, on Monday night, because I was all over the Broncos. Didn't do well. They sucked. Um, Shannon Sharp almost had a heart attack in the booth with Eli Manning and Peyton. Yeah, on that I last see drive. That. I kept. I, this is the problem with Monday Night Football because I love Joe Buck and Troy Aikman together, and now that they're doing the Monday Night games, I want to listen to them. But I also love the pain, the Manning cast. Yeah, this is not optimal for football fans because right. two of the – let's see. How many primetime games are there? There's Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Monday night. and then a CBS and a Fox in the afternoon. So that's right. five. And you have two of the top five broadcast booths broadcasting the exact same game. That's not optimal for sports fans. So right. this, isn't, this isn't good. It, it's – now – I know some people are lukewarm, if not worse, on the Manning cast. So some people some people don't like it. And they're like, hey, I, I get to watch Joe Buck and Troy Aikman now, blah, 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 blah. I'm not even going to watch it. Okay, fine. But in my opinion, in my assessment, I, I think that Peyton Manning and Eli Manning and uh, the guests that accompany them, I think that they're a top five broadcast booth. More interesting than Kevin Burkhart and oh, – uh, and uh, blah blah blah. Greg Olson. Yeah, well, I I really like Greg Olson, but uh, I I prefer the Manning cast over them. So it's almost like for some people, if you're choosing to watch Buck and Aikman, it's like your college football weekend had Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson replace the Manning cast, which I don't think is a good. Right. So what are you I gonna think... do? Just flip flop back and forth? That's weird. I think. I think the game plan is whenever the Manning cast has a good guest on, I'm going to watch that. And whenever they have nobody interesting on, I'm going to watch fucking Aikman. Like last week, the only guest I was really interested in was Shannon Sharp because couldn't care less what Saquon Barkley has to say. Really couldn't care less about what Joel McHale has to say. Um, but I, lo- I, I just love watching Shannon Sharp just talk. <laughs> Him and Skip, yeah. just the greatest combo. Greatest yeah. combo since Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, so exactly. What, when I was bored the one day, I was just watching old first take clips with Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. Oh, my God, I miss it so much. They were so good together. It was Skip so Skip got fun. a bag from FS1, though. Yeah, he did. That sucked. I always made the joke because he let, his final show on first take was the day after the Cavs won the finals. So it was my take that LeBron killed him. 
but you know. <laughs> you want to get in some trivia? Because I got some good ones for you. I do. I do want to get into some trivia. All right, let's dig into this trivia real quick. I, I'll i get us started off, and I said that I wasn't going to make a habit of doing this, and I'm not, but <laughs> I feel it's appropriate to just – I asked this question of college football, of the college football variety last week, so now I'm going to ask you of the NFL, and I'm not, never going to do this again unless it's an opening week. So, DJ, I ask you for the first trivia question. Which two NFL quarterbacks led their game, not just their team, but also their game, both teams, in both passing and rushing yards this weekend? Hmm. Two. Let's see. Let's see. Hmm. Maybe Josh Allen would may have been one of them. Um. I know he had a lot of carries. And the Bills didn't really run the ball that well. So soft on Josh Allen right now. Maybe Justin Fields, because that game was just such a mess. I also could have been Trey Lance, but I also didn't really watch much of that game. Um, let's see. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's always an option. I'll lock in Josh Allen because I think that's right because he had so many carries in that game and he obviously led the Bills in passing yards. You um, locked it in, so I can confirm that that's correct. Good. Then it's. I feel like it has to be the Bears, one of the Justin Fields or Trey Lance because that game was just couldn't. You could not pass the ball in that game, but somebody had to lead their team in passing. Um, <laughs> I'll go with Justin Fields. It is Josh Allen and Trey Lance. Ah. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, let's see. What did Lamar Jackson have? Uh, I don't know, but Michael Carter had 60 yards for the Jets, and he led the led the game. Mm. God damn it. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, first question. Um, I actually I made this question a couple of days ago, and it just so happened that his wife passed away recently, so rest in peace, Adrian Sogalskis' his wife. But the oh. question pertains to Adrian Sogalskis. It's a, because you got the uh, rank rank them in order of whatever, right? Last time I decided to kind of switch up the question. I'm going to give okay. you a number, and you have to tell me if it's over or under. Okay. Well, Zyd- right, I got a 50-50 shot. I, can, I think you can handle this. Zydrunas Sogalskis over or under two and a half all-star game appearances? Under. It's two. It is two. Oh, all right. Let it go, Big Z. That, that one's for you and your wife. All righty. There is a uh, there's a college football game this weekend that sure I is. thought for sure was going to be a ranked versus ranked matchup, but it's not because the Texas Tech Red Raiders, they took down the then-ranked Houston Cougars, and I thought that that was going to launch them into the rankings. It didn't. Um, I'll tell you what, they should be ranked above Texas A&M, but that's just me. So Texas A&M is going to be traveling to uh, what city? Raleigh, I guess. Um, 
uh, to play North Carolina State. North Carolina State's ranked 16th. So, DJ, Texas Tech yep. at NC State. Name both of their head coaches. Shit. <laughs> I don't pay attention to head coaches unless they're cool. I should know NC State because I really like them. Yeah, you were all up on them at the beginning of the year. Yeah, who is... I feel like I should also... the name. I know the name at Texas Tech, but I just can't. Hmm. It's all it's. What is it? No, oh, brother. Um. I think Texas Tech has a new head coach, but it's a problem. Yeah, they definitely have a new head coach. This is kind of a uh, a railroad question. I'm kind of railroading you with this question because I had never heard of Texas Tech's coach before this. I think <laughs> it's a new guy. That's the problem. I know they... I know they fired their coach midway through the season last year. I, just, I don't remember who he is either. I don't remember who the interim head coach was either. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I don't know. All right, we have for Texas Tech, we have Mark Adams. And for NC State, we have... The mastermind behind Jordan Lynch at Northern Illinois, Dave Dorian. Oh, yeah, I do know. I should have known that one. Who's Texas Tech's head coach? Mark Adams. Mark Adams. Yes. He's, uh, Who the hell is Mark Adams? He's a uh, uh, somebody. Mark Adams. Wait a minute. Now Mark Adams is the head coach of the basketball team. Is that so? Well, I don't know I who did, their head football coach is either, so it's not like it would matter. But I did just look up Texas Tech coach. Uh, I should probably have specified football. Let's find <laughs> out. All right, here we go. We're both going to learn. Oh, well, I mean, not that I knew who this guy was either, but Joey McGuire, does that sound familiar? Not really. Oh. Yeah, well, Chris Beard left to go to Texas, right? Yeah, fraud. Fraud. Why is he a fraud? Uh, because he left to go to Texas, and then Texas Tech keeps kicking his ass. That's fair. Which I love. Chase, chase the money, and Texas Tech still, uh, they're still winning without you. Fair. Um... Okay. Uh, this one is sports video game trivia. Ooh, all right. Ricky Williams was on the cover of two different football games. Name oh, those football no. games. Oh, wow. Gosh. Ow. Not Madden. 
Uh, was he in a backyard football game or something? Was there? Oh, was it... I know that there was like. Was it like a street NFL game or something? Not Madden. Was he on the cover of a college game too? Or when was the college game? I'll say NCAA. Oh gosh, what would have been like? If you're 99. going that route, you do not have to give me the year. Okay. Uh... NFL, it's like Brawl or Street or something. I might be mixing this up with an NBA game. Uh, NCAA and NFL Street Brawl something. I'll give it to you. It's NFL Street and NCAA, but... Gosh, I won't count the Brawl against you because I don't know if there was a Brawl game, but it's NFL Street. He was on NCAA Football 2000, and then he was on NFL Street. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Wow. I'm about to win back-to-back games. I, don't, I, didn't, I haven't done that trivia in a long time. It's my favorite question. Mm. Because I think that you're not going to know this, but I feel like you think that you should know this. So okay. I think that I'm, I'm going to give you some agony over this one. Who was the quarterback for Memphis when they made it to the Citrus Bowl against Penn State in 2019? Ooh, hold on. I should know this. I should know this. I know the head coach. Yeah, that's, that's I know the head for. coach. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, playing, he's coaching tomorrow. Yes, he is. I'm all over Florida State minus two and a half anyway. Ah, yeah, uh, you said Florida. I love it. Shit. Ooh, it's obviously Paxton Lynch. No, Paxton Lynch. Oh. Already gone. oh. Oh, what's his name? I think his name. His last name's White. I can't remember his first name. I think it's like I could also be making that up. He was pretty damn good at Memphis because Memphis was really good that year. Oh, uh, um, uh, Brady White. I cannot believe that you just got that. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, I think he put, was he there the next year too? Because I think he was. I I don't know, honestly. Pretty sure he was. Cause wow, I just made. They may have been good the next year too, or not great, but it was the COVID year. Yeah, Brady White. I remember him. I think he started off at Arizona too. Dang it, man! I cannot believe. Um, well, I got fine. I took a screenshot of this. Oh, because I thought it'd be a good picture. He's uh, he's in the USFL. Really? The Tampa Bay Bandits. Oh, good for him. Pro- oh, prior to that, he was in the Spring League with JT Barrett and mm. Brian Lewerke. Detroit Lions specialist offensive assistant JT Barrett. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's the yeah. He, he was at Arizona State before he went to Memphis. Correct. 
I don't think I can't win, right? No, but okay. give me your best shot anyway. This is a tough one. <clears throat> Notre Dame is the third team since 2000 to start this preseason, start in the preseason AP top five and lose its first two games of the season. Who are the other two? Uh, I saw the graphic on ESPN. I'm sorry. One of them, I, I will admit, one of them I would not have gotten. And I should have because I vividly remember watching their first game. Uh, the, the one that I would have gotten was 2007 Michigan. Yes. Uh, I would have gotten that because you and I have talked about the 2007 college football season more than any podcast ever. Sure have. <laughs> so we've talked about App State and Oregon. Uh, the one that I did, I would not have remembered had I not seen the graphic on ESPN was 2017 Florida State. I'm sorry, Florida State. And uh, I, sh- I should remember it because they were preseason ranked number three and DeAndre Francois went down early oh, on that game and they lost sucked. their you-know-what. Yeah, that guy sucked. Um, they lost to Alabama to start the year. And then it, did they lose to Miami for the second loss? Because I know they lost to Miami that year. I don't, don't Good question. I, I don't know. They probably also lost to Clemson that year. I did take a guess. I uh, I assume that they lost pretty badly to Clemson. If I had to, if I had to take, take a shot, their second loss was to NC State, but they also hmm. lost to Miami and Clemson and Louisville, and they got smoked by Boston College. Good lord! Yes, DeAndre Francois. What a yeah, that guy sucked. I think he's actually. Uh... In some hot water, I think he may or may not have had some criminal affairs at one point in time following his thing. Because he went somewhere else. Oh, he yeah, he did. Ham- he went to Hampton. DeAndre Francois. Good lord. Uh, I don't see anything on his Wikipedia page about crime or anything, so I guess... something ha- I know something happened with him. Somebody got shot, didn't they? Like, either... I don't think that, but um, let's see. On February 3rd, 2019, it was announced that Francois has been removed from the Florida State football program after a video of domestic dispute between him and his girlfriend surfaced on social media. That's good. Ah. He tried to walk on to Florida Atlantic. However, this never materialized. And then he announced he was a grad transfer to Hampton. Speaking of grad transfers. Um, does the name Sean Robinson ring a bell? Kind of. He Um, is a linebacker at Kansas State. Yes. But you better know, you know him better as the quarterback of TCU. Against Ohio State. Oh. In 2018. Oh, yeah. And then transfer, and then transferred to Mizzou to play defensive back. There you go. And now he's a linebacker at Kansas State. Jesus, how are these people still in school? I, I don't know, dude. Hunter Johnson and Chase Bryce came to Clemson the year before Trevor Lawrence, and they're both still playing college football. Oh, I almost fell out of my chair when I saw Tommy DeVito was Illinois' starting quarterback. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, the Syracuse guy. Yeah. At least it's not Eric Dungey. Remember that guy? Oh, God. I hated his guts so badly. 
Sean Robinson. Oh, dude. We could do an entire podcast of just naming names that people forgot about and just reacting. Just, oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, DeAndre Francois. Oh. Sean Robinson. We could, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I, what about the guy uh, for TCU? He got in a bunch of trouble, and now he's like, is returning picks for Dallas, and everyone thinks he's the like, – Cavante Turpin. Oh, yeah. He got in enormous trouble at TCU, and then um, – I guess was doing like the the XFL route or something along those lines, whatever league he was participating in. Maybe a CFL. There's too and many then, leagues uh, these days. Yeah, it's hard to. Well, there are only two that we're paying attention to, and they play on Saturdays and then Sundays. Yes. And well, Mondays and Thursdays, and eventually when the max starts on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and then every <laughs> Friday we have a game. It's a whole day. Ah, that's, that's what, right. When Mac football starts, that is the greatest time of the year because there's football on literally every single day. I have an idea. And it's actually – I hate to suggest this right after we praise Mac Tuesday Night Maction. My idea is going to interfere with that because I – one of the things that I enjoyed about COVID uh, – I mean, that's a weird, <laughs> that's a weird yeah. sentence to say. That's no, a weird beginning you. to a sentence. But – I like that we had Tuesday and Wednesday NFL games. Yeah, I, now, oh my God. I have I, never been happier in my life than when I press leave meeting out of one of my classes in college so I can go watch the Ravens and Steelers play at 3.30 on a Wednesday. Yes, yes. They, that oh, was my favorite thing in ever. In the middle of the afternoon, DJ. In the it middle of the so here, good. Here's my, here's my big idea, okay? Whenever you play your bye week, or, I'm sorry, the week before your bye week, I should say, you mm-hmm. you play either Tuesday or Wednesday, and that'll count toward the previous Sunday. So it'll be like it'll be like Monday Night Football Plus, it, but it'll just yeah. it'll just be played. So that way, you get like nine days in between two games, and then you get your bye week, which gives you like twelve days, and then you're back and play on Sundays again. So it's right. basically like. Instead of taking seven days in between games and then 14, you do nine and 12, but you play on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, I would love it. listen, I will never complain about more football. Well, actually, I'll never complain about more college football or the NFL because you could not pay me to watch the XFL or fan controlled football. Oh, you or, were so into the XFL for like a week. Yeah, literally a week because the first game was Cardell Jones. And then I watched the first half, and he, it was just the worst product of football I've ever seen. I'm like, all right, I'm done. And then that uh, that one guy with the long blonde hair was swearing on TV because they're like, we're going to give you live interviews as they're walking off the field. And, they, of course, these yeah. players are not, like, TV media trained, and they're all swearing and stuff. Right. I also watched, <laughs> I watched JT Barrett play in a couple games of whatever professional football league he was playing in. but The Spring League. Yes, spring lane. Couldn't care less. Other than at a, when I have Lucas Oil and Ford Field. Oh, brother. Yeah. Unless unless you're a college football player I know, liked, or played for Ohio State, I probably won't watch your uh, spring league football. Yeah, probably not. But Even uh, when hey. Johnny Manziel was in that fan-controlled football league, couldn't care less. Oh, he was throwing touchdowns as a T.O. DJ. No, he sure was. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, uh, man, I miss the Columbus Destroyers. Mm. Ju- Justin Zwick at quarterback. Christ. 
<laughs> hey, he started above Troy Smith in that Texas game in 2005. Yeah, that was probably a good idea. Yeah. Oh, and then he finished the game too, and then he fumbled. I'm I'm glad I don't remember much from that game. <laughs> oh. Oh, my goodness. I love football. It's football season. I love yes, talking about football players that we remember from our childhood. Oh, my gosh. We're having a good time. All right. Uh, you good to go? I'm good to go. I got some recruiting to do. I have some off-season recruiting to do for my Buckeyes. Yeah. All right. So, DJ's got to turn this a, shit around. Yeah. DJ's got a Venmo that he's about to send to a 16-year-old to get the recruits coming. Oh, I'm buying so, every top prospect's mother, like, eight different houses. They can yeah. have whatever they want. That's what I'm yeah. most excited about for the new college football games coming out next year. Just the thought of all the new things, the new trends, like the transfer portal, uh, recruiting and all that. That's the only thing I'm excited for. Not the actual gameplay. Just all the nah. stuff I can do in Dynasty mode. That's right. That's right. I can, DJ, That and I cannot wait to transfer out of my my road to glory or whatever their game play, my player mode is called. I can't wait to transfer. <laughs> Where are you at? Uh, when, wherever in the new game. I can't wait to transfer. I can't oh. wait to notes app. Send out a notes app through my Twitter. That's what I'm talking about. And then uh, requesting a trade and be, being a, a locker room cancer until oh, they let you get out of in the NFL. Yeah, I can't wait. Hold, holding out for more money. Oh, yeah. I might do that in college. What kind of NIL deals am I getting? Will Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet of – will Mark Wahlberg of Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet of Columbus fame give me a car to come to Ohio State? He better. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, when Mark Wahlberg, he was when they uh, opened that up, people were asking him, like, hey, Mark, like, do you have any interest in saving the crew? Like, no. As if, as if Mark Wahlberg had any idea that the crew were even at risk of being moved. I don't think he knows what the crew is. <laughs> no. Uh, that was hilarious. All right. Look, we got to head out of here. Because we're having a good time and we want to end it on a good note. And we, we're getting fired up for football. We got it tonight. Mm-hmm. We're going to be listening to some brand new theme music debuting tonight. Amazon Prime. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. Go ahead. I have uh, Well, hey, then don't listen to it. Don't listen to it before the game. Yeah, I'm going to be surprised. Yeah, get you. It's, uh, it's, it's good. It's not the best, but it's good. It's uh. It, it kind of sounds like they – it sounds very, very much inspired by, like, the NBC theme song, but not the same Perfect. thing. But So it's Perfect. it's all right. It, it sounds like football music, and one day it will become normal to us. Although I don't love the fact that uh, streaming is starting to infiltrate its way into the NFL. I don't love that. But you know what? It's a it's a it's an app that I have a subscription to. So I'm, I'm at least going to be able to participate, but I do feel bad for those who don't but we're gonna get up out of here we're gonna move on with our day and we're gonna go watch some football tonight and uh we're gonna have a hell of a time doing so so dj you take care yep peace